Factors delicious, ready-to-eat meals make eating better every day easy. Wherever tomorrow takes you, be ready with pre-prepared, chef-crafted, and dietitian approved meals delivered right to your door. You'll have over 35 different options a week to choose from, including keto, calorie smart, vegan, and veggie, and more. And there's even more to enjoy with over 55 nutrition-packed add-ons that help make your weekly meal planning even more delicious. What are you guys waiting for? Get started today and have a feel-good week of meals ready to go. The options are endless with Factor. Two-minute meals. Fill up fast with Factor's restaurant-quality meals that are ready to heat and eat whenever you are. How about some snacks, some smoothies, and more? Discover a wide variety of easy options for the entire day, like breakfast, midday bites, and more. Sign up and save. We've done the math. Factor is less expensive than takeout, and every meal is dietitian approved to be nutritious and delicious. Factor is also the perfect solution if you're looking for fast, upscale options done easily. And you guys can be very flexible with your schedule. Get as much or as little as you need by choosing 6 to 18 meals per week. Plus, you can pause or reschedule your deliveries anytime. And the most important part, there's no prep. No mess. Factor meals are 100% ready to heat and eat. So there's no prepping. There's no cooking or cleanup that is needed. If that sounds great to you guys, head to factormeals.com slash script 50 and use code script 50 to get 50% off. That's code script 50 at factormeals.com slash script 50 to get 50% off. Why has Triple H been so successful? Why is Triple H running WWE better than Vince McMahon and Bruce Pritchard on Monday and Friday night? Long-term booking. guys thank you so very much for joining me right here on off the script this is your monday night raw post show for october 2nd 2023 i am your host jd from new york as always coming to you live from the ots venue thank you guys so very much for joining me on your monday evenings wherever you may be Everything. Jason Barker with a $100 super chat right at the top with the Mustang revving up in the parking lot as we begin the show tonight, man. Cancel culture makes me throw up, but I'm not backing down. I got my share tonight, man. The IWC has been nothing more than a dumpster fire for the last 24 hours, man. I don't know. Apparently, everybody, everybody has a problem. I, I don't want to say everybody, but most people on that side have a problem with Adam Copeland joining AEW, man. I'm hearing the word traitor being thrown around. I'm hearing the word 
sellout being thrown around. I'm hearing that people wish he gets injured in AEW. I don't know, man. These people clearly have no fucking hobbies. They have no friends. They live on social media. They don't know what the sun is. They don't. The only type of female embrace that they've ever felt is from their own mother. These people are disgusting. I had one guy comment legitimately on everything I did tonight, man, or everything I did today in regards to tweeting about Edge. Apparently, he told he told everybody in my thread he was going to go to the local supermarket in town where Edge frequents, and he's going to tell him that he's a sellout. I don't give a fuck what you do, man. You just expose yourself for having no fucking life. Go get laid. Go call a prostitute up, man. I hear they're cheap down there. Ridiculous. It's unbelievable. Oh, boy. Adam Coburn, he's the same thing as in WWE, man. He came out as a... The rated uh, 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 superstar, man. He came out to Alter Bridge, man. <laughs> but Cody Rhodes didn't join WWE with Downstate as his theme song. He didn't come to WWE wearing the fucking coat. And donning the American Nightmare persona. Now we got a problem with Adam Copeland doing the Reddit R. Fucking superstar. Ridiculous. The IWC completely operate on, on one single brain cell, man. You're all fucking retarded. Shut the fuck up. You don't like it? Don't watch. I don't know what to fucking tell you. Monday Night Raw. Yeah, you got... Whoa! And on Wednesdays, we got the sweet, melodious, beautiful tones of Miles Kennedy now singing Edge to the Ring. Great job. I wonder which one I'm going to take. Monday Night Raw. I was tempted to play Red Skies, man. I was tempted to play Red Skies tonight. Uh, I gave it another chance, and I sat here and I rethunk it before I actually hit live on the stream. It wasn't a bad show. Monday Night Raw was not a bad show. Was it better than previous weeks? No. But in no way tonight was a bad show. I don't know how you can have a main event like you got tonight and then deem it a bad show. It wasn't a bad show. It wasn't a bad show. Xavier Woods... And Ivar had a very good match. Drew McIntyre continues his downward spiral into not giving a shit about anybody, which I'm loving very much. We got the tensions growing and boiling in the bloodline. We'll talk about all that, but I want to talk about Gunther and Tommaso Ciampa in the main event of Monday Night Raw. There was a contract signing for this match to take place next week on Raw. Tommaso Ciampa wanted it tonight. Gunther, as the proud Intercontinental Champion, said, you know what? Fine. I might as well just beat you now and get it over with. And we got a main event from Monday Night Raw. 
with the Intercontinental Championship on the line. Gunther versus Tommaso Ciampa in the main event. Gunther is the best thing on WWE television, and it's not even close. I don't give a shit what anybody says. It's not even close. He is fucking phenomenal. He's an icon. He's a legend. He is doing the best work of his life right now in this reign as Intercontinental Champion. So to have him in the main event tonight, no problem from me whatsoever. On the flip side, you got Tommaso Ciampa, and and Tommaso Ciampa has not really found his footing on Monday Night Raw. He's not really been given the star treatment. He's been kind of up and down. They want to feature him, and then they don't want to feature him. They want to put him in something decent, and then they want to pull him back. And finally, we're starting to get Tommaso Ciampa at a point, or to a point, where fans are starting to see how valuable and how great he really is. And that was the purpose of tonight. That was the purpose of tonight. I remember when Tommaso Ciampa first made the jump from NXT to Monday Night Raw. I I remember they wanted to put him in the ring with Seth Rollins to kind of get him situated on the main roster. Hey, we got this guy. I love him. He's been such a fucking staple for black and gold. I want to try and duplicate that. I want to try and recreate that on the main roster. He's too good to be sitting idly uh, in the back. It's too good to be sitting in, uh, in catering. They wanted to put him in the match or in a match in the ring with Seth Rollins. Vince nixed that and then changed the plans from Champa Rollins to Champa Miz. I don't know uh, why anybody thought that was a good idea because Champa and The Miz, whether they were a pairing or a feud, did nothing for Tommaso Champa. Nothing for Tommaso Champa. Tonight did more for Tommaso Champa than anything that they've had him do in the last year and a half. Tonight was great. We all know how good Gunther is, but tonight you all saw how good Tommaso Champa is. He is worth everything. Everything that Tommaso Ciampa is, that I said he was, you guys saw tonight. 20-plus minutes with Gunther. You got that fucking Sicilian psychopath, Tommaso Ciampa, tonight. And he put on one hell of a main event for the Intercontinental Championship. I'm glad and I'm very happy that the casual audience who might not know who Tommaso Ciampa is, as my cat continues to cry, I apologize. I don't know why she needs to fucking wake up. And start crying. Don't you see I'm working over here? I'm so happy that Tommaso Ciampa got the opportunity to wrestle in front of the casual audience and the casual audience finally saw how great Tommaso Ciampa can actually be. Did we expect him to win the... Intercontinental Championship tonight? No. No. Nobody thought he was going to win that title. Gunther's not dropping that title anytime soon. But what we did get tonight was a glimpse into the future. Champ is going to be on the show. Johnny Gargano is back. DIY may be back together. And DIY on television. DIY in the ring together. Tag team. DIY in the ring. One-on-one against each other. No matter how you look at it. Johnny Gargano, Tommaso Ciampa on television is best for business. It's better for everybody. 
So I can't sit here and knock what they did on the show tonight when you got a main event as good as you got tonight and the promise and hope of Johnny Gargano now being back on TV, potentially being paired with his best friend, his real-life best friend in Tommaso Ciampa. You know, many of you guys might not know Tommaso Ciampa is the greatest NXT champion of all time. There's nobody even close to what he did in NXT. The greatest run with the greatest storyline in the history of NXT, period. If we get anywhere close to that Tommaso Ciampa on television, how much better off would Monday Night Raw be? You guys don't know how lucky you are to get to see Tommaso Ciampa wrestle on a weekly basis. He might not even fucking be here. He might not even be with the WWE if Triple H didn't fucking grab a hold of creative when he did for the little time that he did. Tommaso Ciampa, he could very well be retired after the fucking neck injury that he suffered. He shouldn't even be fucking wrestling. But he's here. Value him. Cherish him. Respect him. Appreciate him. We don't know how long he's going to be able to do it. If he's back on TV on a weekly basis in a semi-important role, doing anything close to what he did on Wednesday nights, sign me up. Can't wait to see what's going on with those two. Now, Johnny Gargano, I don't know where they're going with that. I don't know why they decided tonight of all nights to bring him back. Maybe Vince missed the show. Maybe Vince didn't look over this script. I have no fucking idea. But you're going to get Johnny Gargano back on television in this moment, can't really complain because he's been sorely missed and the show needs him. If you got a healthy Johnny Gargano sitting in the back, not doing anything, and because they got no creative for him, that's your fault. That does not make Monday Night Raw a good show. Johnny Gargano on television is going to be a, a, a very good thing too. Now, the only thing that I'm concerned with is that when he came out, he got a very lukewarm reaction. Nobody really knew who he was, or if they knew who he was, they didn't really care too much about Johnny Gargano. But that's that's something that falls into the lap of WWE creative. They held him off so much, and he hasn't been on TV in months. And then you want the fans to, uh, to, to react to Johnny Gargano when he's not been in anything. He hasn't been featured, no vignettes, no promos, no video packages, no matches, nothing. So if he wasn't over tonight, that's not his fault. That's WWE's fault, 100%. I'm very excited to see where they go with that. The other major thing that happened on tonight's show was the Judgment Day. Rhea Ripley is back. They say that there are no leaders in the Judgment Day. Apparently Rhea Ripley led Judgment Day in a statement address tonight. And she acted every bit of a leader as any other that I've seen leading a stable. She was vocal. She was very blunt and upfront. And she had everybody's attention. Damian Priest didn't really want to answer her back. Dominic Mysterio was cowering in the corner. Finn Balor wasn't even there tonight. But Rhea Ripley laid down the law. And she pointed the finger of blame at Damian Priest for a couple of things including not helping Dominic Mysterio retain the North American Championship on Saturday night against Trick Williams. Which she even got Dominic Mysterio a rematch on Tuesday, tomorrow, on NXT TV against Trick Williams. 
But are we seeing the deterioration of the Judgment Day? I don't know. It's going to be very interesting to see where they take this going into war games because all signs point to war games between Judgment Day and Cody's crew, Uso, Sammy, and KO. But the thing is with Jay and Cody, Jay Uso and Cody Rhodes, WWE just blurted it out today on tonight's show that Jay Uso and Cody Rhodes are going to challenge Finn Balor and Damian Priest for the WWE Tag Team Championships at Fastlane. When did Cody Rhodes and Jay Uso mention anything about taking the Tag Team Championships off of Judgment Day? When did we make Cody Rhodes and Jay Uso the number one contenders for the Tag Team Championships? I didn't know this was about taking the Tag Team Championships off of Judgment Day. I thought this was taking the Judgment Day and beating the shit out of them and taking back control of Monday Night Raw. That's the story. Now we're going after the tag team titles? You know, they really want you to buy into Cody finishing his story, but all I see is them taking a trip to Nowhereville with Cody Rhodes. I don't really get a sense of finish the story. I get a sense of WWE being lazy with Cody's story. Tell me you don't know what to fucking do with Cody Rhodes without telling me you don't know what the fuck to do with Cody Rhodes. Jay Uso and Cody Rhodes, the only logical thing that I can think of here, the only logical thing I can think of is that Fastlane, Jay Uso and Cody Rhodes win the tag team titles. From Damian Priest and Finn Balor. And that gives them a key. A hall pass. A get out of jail free card. To take a trip over to SmackDown. And do what they need to do with Jimmy Uso. And more importantly. Roman Reigns. But I don't know why we're going that route. When you have yet to even bring up the fact that Cody Rhodes used his political power or whatever political power that he had to bring Jay Uso to Monday Night Raw. And Adam Pierce already stated weeks ago, which we have not heard anything since, that with Jay Uso coming to Raw, there is going to be someone that gets traded to SmackDown. And the locker room is not going to be happy about it. Still waiting for a conclusion to that little piece of creative. That's the only thing I could possibly think of. Cody and Jey Uso win the tag team championships. We see the further deterioration of the bloodline. And that gives Cody a free pass to go over to SmackDown and finish his story because I believe it was last week where he said, we're not in the third inning anymore, boys. What inning are we in, Cody? What inning are we in? Because I got up already and I'm standing at the fucking concession stands and I don't really give a shit what happens. I'm ready for a fucking long relief pitcher to come on into this motherfucker. Otherwise, it does not make any sense. It doesn't. Cody and Jey Uso now are the number one contenders out of everybody for the tag team championships. 
And then you got people telling me, well, they need to feature Jay and Cody on the show. They're two of the biggest baby faces on Monday Night Raw. Fine. Fine. You can get a big eight-man tag out of it. I don't mind seeing a big eight-man tag twice. We could have fun with it. We could do all of Judgment Day with, J- uh, with J.D. McDonough against Cody's crew, Jay Uso, Sammy, and Kevin Owens in a big Survivor Series-style elimination tag team match. I would rather them go that route. Assert some dominance. Have the tides swing to one team over the other before we actually do this thing and end it in war games. We're just going to go right to a tag team title match? Don't really understand that logic. But the Judgment Day, man, they are teasing the removal of Damian Priest. And that's what's coming. I don't know when, I don't know how, I don't know where. But I'm making a bold prediction here, and I think Jey Uso and Cody Rhodes take those tag team titles off of Damian Priest and Finn Balor at Fastlane. We're going to go over the rest of Monday Night Raw. Rhea Ripley was back. We'll go over what she said to Dominic and Damian Priest. We'll go over what happened with the rest of the show. Seth Rollins and Shinsuke Nakamura had a very good segment on tonight's show to sell their match at Fastlane, this last man standing match. Tonight, Nakamura looked the best that he's ever looked in this heel run that he's on. Excellent stuff by Shinsuke Nakamura. And they are really selling the Rollins back going into Fastlane. So it's going to be very interesting to see what WWE does there, man. Thank you guys for joining me, man. We got 2,100 in here on a Monday night. I know not uh, a lot happened tonight. Not very exciting, to say the least. And I know Monday Night Football has uh, swayed your attention towards whatever's going on there. But I appreciate you being here, man, and spending your Monday nights with me. Last night, Jesse and I were live with 3,200 people till about 2.30 in the morning, man. We discussed everything we needed to. In regards to what was a great show last night for AEW, Wrestle Dream, where we saw the debut of Edge, Adam Copeland. He's now all elite officially and will be a full-time performer. This is no part-time gig. This is a full-time gig for Adam Copeland. Love it. Gonna love seeing him and what he can do over there, man. Great stories to tell with Adam Copeland over in AEW. And if you don't understand that and don't appreciate that, I can kindly ask you to get the fuck out of here. So go check that review out, man. Review out, man. It's on the channel right now. Uh, we are nearing 30,000 views on that. Appreciate your support there. Ton of other content from last week on the channel. Go check it out. Make sure you guys go check the second YouTube channel out as well. Link is down in the description below, man. We do some... Uh, Some out there stuff, man. I've been uh, doing my Pokemon card collections and unboxings over there, man. I got recently into collecting Pokemon cards, man. It's something that relaxes me. I may be going through a midlife crisis in my early 40s. I don't know. I don't know. One way or another, man, I enjoy it. If you enjoy it. I would love if you subscribed over there, man. We got some uh, gaming content I think I'm going to put over the, put up over there as well. So go check it out, man. If it's your cup of tea, great. If not, whatever. 
You guys know where to find me. Follow me on social media at JD from NY206, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, and Cameo. Hit that subscribe button down below. Turn on the bell for notifications. Continue to hit that thumbs up, guys. I see 500 likes. I need another 500 for cool 1,000s tonight live. And tonight's show is sponsored by Blue Chew. BlueChew.com, code JD at checkout. Get your free sample. And Super Chats are open. Get them on in. We'll hang out at the end of the show. As always, the Super Chat section is yours. You can ask me anything you want. And it is open for you guys, as always, man. Let's start off with Monday Night Raw, man. We didn't really start off with the most exciting open to Monday Night Raw. We started off with Nia Jax. Nia Jax, I know. And Shayna Baszler brawling in the aisle way. So they were brawling down the aisle. Michael Cole said they were scheduled to wrestle, potentially to open the show, I believe. I mean, I don't know why they would be out there if they weren't scheduled to open the show. They fought into the ring where Baszler leapt onto Nia's back, applied a Kirafuda clutch. Jax powered Baszler into the corner to break it. Baszler started clutching at her ribs because Nia squashed her in the corner. All of a sudden, Raquel Rodriguez, who was not smiling tonight, finally. Her music played. She ran down to the ring. Nia Jax waited for her, but she looked worried that Raquel was aiming right for her. And Rodriguez went to kick Jax, but Jax moved in the kick accidentally connected with Shayna Baszler. She didn't mean to kick Shayna Baszler. She was aiming for Nia Jax. Jax hit Rodriguez from behind. Rhea Ripley ran out, charged into the ring, and tackled Nia Jax down. Rodriguez and Baszler recovered and swarmed Nia Jax. Ripley and Rodriguez brawled in one corner. Baszler and Jax battled in another. We got security out there breaking them up, and Ripley started attacking their security guys. She gave one a riptide, and Rhea Ripley is back. She's fucking pissed, and she's ready to tear off some heads. On Monday Night Raw, as the fans were chanting, Mommy, Mommy. So, we did not get Shayna Baszler versus Nia Jax. Great. Anytime a match with Nia Jax gets canceled, we're in for a good night. So, all of a sudden, Rhea Ripley was in the ring, and... Now that I've gotten that off my chest, I have some business to take care of. Now, what exactly did she get off her chest? I guess she wanted to uh, throw a couple of bombs at Nia Jax. There's still more work to be done there. She asked Dom and Damian Priest to come on out. Judgment Day's out there. And she said Dom and Priest... There are no leaders in Judgment Day, correct? They said, yes, there is no leader or leaders in Judgment Day. She says they all have responsibilities, though. Said she was out for two weeks because Nia Jax all of a sudden wanted to interject into her business and things then start falling apart for the Judgment Day because Mommy is the one who makes the plans. She said she left that responsibility up to Damian Priest 
And while she was gone, everything about the Judgment Day disappointed her. She said he couldn't handle the job. Damian Priest is in the fucking doghouse, man. I don't know if you want to be in the doghouse with Rhea Ripley. She said Balor is now out hurt because of Priest. And Priest, he's here, but he can't compete against Jay as scheduled, Uso, because he's not medically cleared. And Dom, don't get me started on Dom. He lost his title, the North American title, at NXT No Mercy to Trick Williams. I did a review on NXT No Mercy, man. It was a very good show, especially those last two matches. Carmelo Hayes and Ilya Dragunov, excellent fucking match. Tiffany Stratton and Becky Lynch, excellent women's title match. Very good show overall, for sure. Would I have had Trick Williams win the North American Championship from Dominic Mysterio? No, it actually felt a little flat to me. I don't think Trick Williams is ready for that type of responsibility and that type of spot. He's very green. Very green. He's got the look. He obviously can talk. But I don't think I don't think he's ready for that spot. So she blames Priest for not being there to help Dom retain the title. Okay, Damian Priest wasn't there. Dom went at it alone. She said, now they have a Cody and Jay problem. She says they don't fear them because they are not cohesive as a group right now. She says they think they can win these WWE tag team titles. Priest says he's aware of everything that Rhea Ripley is saying. He said when push comes to shove, he's going to push harder. He says he has the money in the bank briefcase and a tag team title. He says he's not trying to stir trouble, but where's Dom's title? I mean, this is where I got kind of confused. Rhea Ripley just told Damian Priest that the reason why Dominic isn't the North American champion is because Damian Priest wasn't there to help Dominic secure the win on Saturday. And then Damian Priest goes over and looks at Dom while he's talking to Rhea Ripley and points at Dominic and says, well, where's Dominic's title? Didn't she just explain why Dominic doesn't have a championship? It's almost as if the writing in this segment wasn't really overlooked. Didn't really make any sense. Damian Priest kind of came off looking like a dummy there. She just told you what happened. Yet you want to point that Dominic asking where his title is. He, 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 he didn't do what he needed to do. She just told you what happened. I was scratching my head over that line. Where's his title? Dom looked a little scared of Rhea because she was very angry. So there's a chant of where's your title? Where's your title? Ripley turned to Dom and said, listen. You got a rematch tomorrow night for the North American title against Trick Williams. So now Rhea Ripley is matchmaker. Rhea Ripley is obviously a part of WWE creative that we got a rematch coming out of Saturday's show tomorrow night. You're welcome, she told Dom. She then told him if he doesn't win the title, don't bother coming home. Are they going to really have Trick Williams lose? the North American Championship after he just won it on Saturday night. 
Don't know why they didn't go with Dominic beating Trick on Saturday night, then, if that's the case. Don't come home. Is Dominic going to leave Judgment Day? He's going to get kicked out of Judgment Day? I don't think so. I don't know how they're going to maneuver that one. Jay Uso all of a sudden comes out. He danced. He did the, the, the Uso. Jay welcomed Rhea Ripley back. He said, the tribal chief of Judgment Day is back. And apparently she has bigger balls than Roman Reigns ever did. Priest says he's tired of Jay opening his mouth. He then uttered something in, in Spanish. He dropped the mic, took a step towards Jay as if he wanted to fight him, but he's not medically cleared. Dom put his hand on Priest's chest and said, Damien, you're not medically cleared, and said he's going to take care of business for mommy. WWE clearly raising the volume on Dominic Mysterio. Oh, no, that, that's, that's, that, no, they're not cheering for Dominic. They're doing... I mean, it's, it's just fucking blatant, man. It's just fucking blatant. I mean, it, it's almost, you know, and, and they, they want to dumb down the speculation online and they want to go about, oh, Dominic's heat is real. I'm sure it's real. I'm sure Dominic has real heat, right? But when you're watching it on TV, it, it's almost as if it's a boot track that they just re repeat over and over again. They They hit the play button, stop it hit the play button, and then stop it again, and then hit the play button. And then they lower his microphone. Why don't you just have it come off as normal? Why are we still manipulating crowd reactions for someone that can clearly get the crowd reaction? Don't get it. Dominic took a swing at Jey Uso. Jey ducked, super kicked Dom. J.D. McDonough. Then comes from behind and attacks Jey Uso. Dominic and McDonough stomped away at Jey Priest. He was outside and he was about to enter the ring again with the briefcase and use it on Jey Uso as a weapon. Cody Rhodes ran out and he helped clear the ring with Jey of all of Judgment Day. Adam Pearce then comes out and books Cody and Jey versus Balor and Priest at Fastlane. With the WWE Tag Team Championships on the line. That's a new one. I didn't think coming out of last week's show that we were going to get Jey Uso and Cody Rhodes going after the tag team titles. But again, like I said, it doesn't make sense. They need to get them on the show. And WWE may use this as a way to get Cody onto SmackDown without doing too much brain thinking. I don't know. We'll see what happens. I mean, they tried to start the show hot with the brawl with the ladies. Nobody cares. Then they tried to do this with the announcement of the tag team titles, and it just came off like, really? Where did this come from? This was basically booked in the last 15 fucking minutes with no rhyme or reason, no thought, no logic behind it whatsoever. Is it about the titles or is it about extinguishing Judgment Day off of Monday Night Raw? Finish the story, my ass. 
They went to Cole and Barrett at ringside, and they hyped up Jade Cargill. I can't wait, man. I can't wait. I got my microscope, and it's primed and ready. I can't wait. Hopefully, she's doing that work in the Performance Center. Michael Cole called it one of the biggest free agent signings in recent years. He touted the 20 million social media views of her contract signing. He said she already looks like a superhero and she'll work as hard as needed to have marquee matches that will have the world talking. Really now. Really now. You got to add that in there, man. She's, she's going to work hard and she's going to try and have marquee matches that will have the world talking. Why? Because all of the buzz online is that Jade can't wrestle, man. Jade can't wrestle. Hopefully she's doing her thing, man. Hopefully she is doing her thing. That's all I will say. Alpha Academy. Gable and Otis. Versus Imperium. This went 12 minutes. This was actually very fun. WWE could have a great tag team division if we see more shit like this on a weekly basis. That's why I always advocated for the tag team divisions to be merged, man. I'd love to see some new blood in the tag team divisions on Monday and on Friday. I'd like to see a nice revolving door of tag teams on Monday, but they don't think that way. They don't think that way. The story here is Vinci trying his best because Gunther now put it on Kaiser. This is all on Kaiser. If Vinci fails, it's all Kaiser's fault. Gunther wants nothing to do with it. They weren't even out there in the main event. Gunther won the match by himself. So if they fail, it's their fault. It's not Gunther. Gunther wants nothing to do with these guys right now. So Gable was in control for the first couple of minutes here. Otis tried to assist Gable. There was a dive over the top. Did not really come off as good as expected. Gable sort of fell straight down, and Vinci did his best to catch him. Imperium took control after a commercial break. Gable fought back, made the hot tag to Otis. Kaiser wanted a tag, but he was not happy because Vinci was absent from the apron. That's because Gable knocked him off the apron. It wasn't Vinci's fault. Gable's just smarter. He's got a bigger ring IQ than Giovanni Vinci. Otis went to town on Kaiser here and Vinci, and Vinci basically took out Otis, or tried to take out Otis. Otis press-slammed him pretty easily. Otis then hits the Caterpillar, tried for a middle-rope fallaway slam, but Vinci grabbed his leg, and Otis fell backwards off the second rope. This allowed Kaiser to fall onto Otis. Gable wiped out Vinci on the apron to the outside with a cannonball. Kaiser hit Otis with a running Inzuguri, and that was apparently enough to get the victory over Otis with the Inzuguri. Gable then chased Kaiser out of the ring after the match, and Imperium, they are back in the win column, and Gunther can at least be happy for the next seven days as his boys finally got a W in the tag team department. Good stuff. Good stuff. Fun little match. Can't really complain about Otis and Gable. They're doing their thing. Looking forward to seeing Chad Gable once again get a shot at Gunther. Vinci and Kaiser, pound for pound, may be the best tag team uh, in the WWE. Don't know why we're teasing a possible breakup of Imperium, but I hope that's not uh, the case here with these two guys, and they do get the W 
Uh, and the story will continue to be Kaiser needs to watch Vinci. And if anything goes wrong, it will be on Kaiser. So hopefully this is their explanation about getting them some momentum and getting them some wins when Gunther is not there in their corner to help assist them. Kaiser needs to win because if he doesn't, I don't want to know what happens to him and Vinci. So I kind of like it. If it gets them back in the win column, fine. I can't wait to see what they do. Adam Pierce, he was backstage with Tegan Knox, apparently, after Becky Lynch beat Tiffany Stratton at NXT No Mercy on Saturday night in the main event to retain the NXT Women's Championship. Tegan Knox was sitting front row. Becky Lynch promised Tegan Knox a championship match tonight for the NXT Women's title. Apparently, in that match with Tiffany Stratton, which was an Extreme Rules match, Becky Lynch got legit hurt. Her elbow was sliced open. It looked awful. And they actually showed a picture of it on the show tonight. It required 11 or 12 stitches. She was not medically cleared to go tonight. She will be medically cleared to go next week. And Tegan Knox, this is the second time that they pushed this match back. So the match is going to happen next week on Raw. Becky's going to make the trip to Orlando. She will be at the Performance Center tomorrow night, and she will be on NXT. Apparently, they're going to, I guess, name who's next in line for Becky Lynch. I I mean, I don't know who it's going to be. I mean, I don't think there's any. After Tiffany Stratton, who else is there? Who else is doing anything on that show, in that division, that's ready for Becky Lynch? I don't know. Maybe we see Jay Cargill. Maybe we see Jay. I don't know. That's where I would start her off. I mean... I would start her off down there and then lead her to a Becky Lynch match on NXT. You want to build a superstar? There you go. You got Becky Lynch down there. For what reason? Becky Lynch and Jade Cargill. Sounds like a damn good match to me. If you really want to get Jade where you think she belongs, let's get her in the ring with the best. Tegan Knox is going to get her match next week. She was interrupted by Chelsea Green. She barged in and acted like Knox wasn't even there talking to Adam Pearce. She eventually told Tegan she should hope the match gets canceled because you're going to lose anyway. Why do you want to match with Becky Lynch when the outcome is going to be you losing? Green said some people weren't championship material and she showed off her belt as if her belt means anything. Her belt is fucking worthless. Knox suggested that they have a match, and Adam Pearce made Chelsea Green versus Tegan Knox official tonight on Raw. Great. Great. Nobody cares. Bronson Reed. Bronson Reed. Bronson Reed's doing his thing, man. I love big man Bronson Reed. Doing some good shit. He went one-on-one with Cedric Alexander, who I think is great. I think Cedric is awesome. I'm surprised Cedric still has a job. I don't mean that in a negative way. I don't mean that to disrespect him in any way. I'm just really surprised he still has a job. I'm sure you guys are surprised as well. Two minutes. He tried. Alexander caught Reed off guard, hit a suicide dive and a flip dive to the outside. This was about one minute into the match. Alexander hit a uh, big 
step up kick to Bronson Reed, but Bronson Reed eventually ran him over with a running crossbody, a senton, and then he goes up top, and you know what was next, man. He goes up top, and he hits the tsunami. You could not pay me all the money in the world to lay there and take that move, man. Nobody, nobody should kick out of Bronson Reed's tsunami. Awesome. Two minutes, Cedric Alexander. Thanks for coming, man. At least you got some work tonight, huh? Drew McIntyre. Drew McIntyre is one of the more interesting parts of the show. I think his heel turn is being done to perfection, man. Backstage, Drew walked up to Adam Pierce, who was on the phone. Pierce told Drew that The Miz offered Drew an open forum on Miz TV. Drew says he's not interested if it was Miz's idea. This was basically Drew telling Adam Pierce, you know what, buddy? Two weeks in a row, Miz TV. Yeah, uh, I'm going to pass on that one. He told Pierce to tell Miz to stay out of his business. Pierce asked if he's okay because he seems a little off lately. You're not yourself. Drew then asked if he was referring to him not doing the right thing with Jay Uso and the New Day. He says he doesn't really recall anyone doing the right thing when the bloodline was beating him down. I don't know, man. Drew McIntyre's got a point. Big, big point. McIntyre is fucking angry. And I don't think anybody sitting here can blame why Drew McIntyre is angry. They're handling his heel turn, man, and his downward spiral, his descent into not giving a shit. They're handling it perfect. Love it. I love this I don't give a shit attitude by Drew McIntyre. We got a contract signing. Intercontinental Championship match. Obviously, before this, we did not know it would be taking place tonight. But this was an Intercontinental Championship contract signing between Gunther, who's been champion for 479 days, and Tommaso Ciampa. Gunther wore a suit. He wore some fancy loafers, no socks. Gunther sat down. He had the IC title over his shoulder. Adam Pearce says, listen, we need two signatures. Make this match official for next week on Raw, and then we'll be on our way. Champa said when he wakes up, the day they wrestle, only two people in the world will matter, and I am one of them. He said ever since Gunther has come to WWE, he's been served five-course meals and been given opportunities. He said people like him are served roadkill and have to turn it into fillets. I mean, he's not really lying there. I mean, listen, Gunther's been served filet mignon, but Gunther... He cooks all of those steaks to perfection, man. Every single fucking one of them, man. He is cooked to perfection. It's not like he hasn't worked to get where he is. But on the flip side, Tommaso Ciampa says that he's been served roadkill and he's had to turn it into filet mignon. That is correct. Tommaso Ciampa has not been given opportunities like Gunther has been given opportunities. And that's not fair. Hopefully this is the start of that changing. So people like him are served roadkill. They have to turn it into flaming yawn. He said, if you do that enough times, then you get an opportunity. 
Boy, look at me when I'm talking to you. Gunther is not even looking him in the eyes. He's looking down. He's looking elsewhere. You don't really take Tommaso Ciampa serious. Gunther smiled and eventually looked at him with that smug prick smile of his. Ciampa says he's dreamed of winning the Intercontinental title since he was five years old. He said he'll have his family at ringside, but he will be wrestling for the five-year-old version of himself. He said at the end of the night, he will be the new champion. He was fired up. He yelled at Gunther. He threw the mic down, signed the contract. Fans cheered for Tommaso Ciampa's heartwarming promo. Gunther paused. He was sitting there with a prick smile on his face. He said, this is an official contract signing for the most important title in the world. And he showed up dressed like that. And Tommaso Ciampa's dressed in camouflage pants, a sleeveless shirt. Well, Gunther is dressed to the nines. He's got a fucking tuxedo on, a suit, whatever. He's got loafers. He looks stylish. He says that tells him everything he needs to know. He said the IC title means the most to him. He says he's the greatest intercontinental champion of all time. Champa then <laughs> applauds. Then he interrupted. Says he feels so confident for someone who is about to lose his prized possession. He told him, just sign the goddamn fucking contract. Gunther told him to never, ever interrupt him again. Gunther told him to hug his family tight and keep on dreaming because he will never get any closer to the Intercontinental Heavyweight Championship than you are right now in this ring. Champa told him he hasn't signed the contract yet. What are you waiting for? Champa said he'd be happy to face him tonight instead and make him tap out tonight. Fans chanted, yes, yes, yes. Gunther thought about it for a couple of seconds. Told Adam Pierce that Champa should prove he could make him tap tonight. He signed the contract. Pierce says, are you sure you want it tonight? And that's it. That's it. The match is official. It takes place tonight in the main event. Gunther, Gunther then took a swing at Champa. Champa avoided it. Leapt off the table. Champa applied his Sicilian stretch. Gunther rolled out of the ring and evaded the move. And the match is made for tonight. Now, I thought this was a great segment. I'm really loving the heel work of Gunther when he's in these situations. He seems relaxed. He seems confident. And that, that smug prick smile, that smirk from Gunther, I love it, man. He relishes in the fact that Gable's daughter was sitting at ringside and he made her cry as her, her father was showcased as a loser. He doesn't give a shit about families. He doesn't give a shit about what he does to the husbands of these families. He's going to do what he has, has to do to retain the Intercontinental title. I love it. Tommaso Ciampa's promo was heartfelt. This is the type of Ciampa that we got in NXT, babyface Ciampa. Heel Champa in NXT was basically what you're looking at with Gunther. Now, last time these two wrestled was NXT TakeOver Stand and Deliver, I believe. Or NXT Stand and Deliver. I don't even know if it was a TakeOver. 2021, I believe. And that was a very good match. Very good match. And I was expecting nothing less from them tonight. Now, they did move the match up to tonight and not Next week, they didn't do it uh, as scheduled. They, they were supposed to do it next week on Raw, and they moved it up tonight. Um, I don't know what else they would have put in the main event tonight or on the show tonight if the match did not take place tonight. 
But I did question why would they be doing the match next week anyway that was originally scheduled before they changed it to doing it tonight. A match like this and a match with Gunther should realistically be showcased at the premium live event. You can't get more premium than Gunther in the Intercontinental Championship. You know, the PLE, I I understand where they're going with the PLEs. They want to do shorter PLEs. They want to have quality over quantity. Six matches, tops for the show is what they've been doing. Triple H has changed the way that we look at pay-per-view on the main roster. You got to work your ass off to get on the shows. It's, it's, It's the same way he did with the takeovers. Same thing. But Gunther is holding the most important title in the company right now. Roman Reigns has been out since SummerSlam. Who do you think has filled that role? Gunther. He's holding the most important championship in the company. Everything he does is unbelievable. He's the best thing about WWE television. To not feature him on the PLEs in that spot, to not do this match on the PLE, it's kind of disappointing. I don't want to say it diminishes the Intercontinental Championship because it doesn't, but... The Intercontinental title should always be a top priority for WWE. And it should be at the PLE. Now, granted, if it was at the PLE, it would not be in the main event like it was tonight. I do like when the Intercontinental Championship is showcased in the main event. I do like that we did not get a rehash Judgment Day versus Jey Uso or Judgment Day versus Cody or Judgment Day versus Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens. I get it. But I also feel like the Intercontinental title deserves a PLE. And I know that they're up against Monday Night Football, and I know that they're trying to do whatever they can to make the shows good so that they stand on their own two feet against stiff competition on Monday night. But at the end of the day, how hard do you really got to try? You don't need to try so blatantly. Just do. Let it naturally flow. You don't need to put a big money match like this on Raw because you want to sway people away from watching Monday Night Football and you want to get a decent rating in the third hour. I would rather you just take the importance of the IC title and showcase it where it needs to be, and that is on the pay-per-view. That's just the way I think, man. I don't know. But we got the match tonight. And again, at the end of the day, you can't really complain because it's Champa, it's Gunther, and it's going to be a banger. Damian Priest, he was backstage. He was ranting in frustration about not being able to beat up anybody tonight because he's not medically cleared. And then they got to defend the tag team titles against Jey Uso and Cody Rhodes Saturday night at Fastlane. McDonough comes in. He tells Damian Priest to calm down because this could be a good thing. Priest yelled at McDonough, why are you talking to me? Rhea Ripley interjects. She said, listen, listen to him. He might have a point. Ripley says he doesn't want Kevin or Cody or Sammy or Jay on the same page. Kevin Owens already doesn't like Jay Uso. So this could be the wedge that they need to divide them. McDonough said, divide, not conquer. Priest said, all right, I'm going to think about it. Points at him. It's not a bad idea. Let me think about it. So Rhea Ripley, she stepped in. In the weeks that she's been out, J.D. McDonough has tried and tried and tried to get Damian Priest and the rest of Judgment Day 
to see what he's done, how he's helped them, how he's loyal to them, how he wants to be a part of them. This all happened without Rhea Ripley. That Rhea Ripley is now back, and immediately, with Damian Priest showing that same anger he showed in the previous weeks, she did not hesitate to take J.D. McDonough's side. I don't know if that's going to be be much of anything or mean much of anything, but I looked at that as it doesn't really bode well for Damian Priest if Rhea Ripley is looking at J.D. McDonough and taking his advice over what Damian Priest would normally do. I don't know, man. That's strike two here tonight. She was very angry with Priest in the open, and now she's taking McDonough's side and his tactic over Damian Priest. Might be something, might be nothing. I don't know. Xavier Woods. He went one-on-one with Ivar. I don't know if you guys are enjoying this New Day Viking Raiders thing, and I don't know where Eric of the Viking Raiders is and when he gets back. But man, oh man, are, are these matches fun on Monday night? They're just mindless. Mindless, mindless matches. But man, oh man, has Kofi Kingston and Ivar put on some bangers on Monday. Now we got Xavier Woods doing the same thing with Ivar here. Wasn't as good as Kofi's, but still it was a very good match. And where is Ivar coming out of, man? Holy shit. Ivar is making the most of his television time. What Ivar is doing in the absence of Eric is maximizing his TV time and basically procuring that the Viking Raiders get TV time when Eric comes back. So shout out to to Ivar and, and the great work that he's doing because he is owning it right now without his tag team partner. Good shit. Woods drop kicked Ivar into the side of the ring. We got a commercial break. Woods was on the offense after the commercial break. Got Ivar on his shoulders. Crowd popped. Woods dropped him with a Death Valley driver or a Michinoku driver. He got him up. Wade Barrett was on commentary saying that Xavier Woods may be the replacement for Big E in the New Day as far as the strength department is concerned. Woods then tried powerbombing Ivar off the top rope, but Ivar fell on top of him. Did not look good. Ivar tried to splash. Woods avoided it. Woods followed soon after with a roll-up for the one, two, three. Kingston was on commentary, and he gloated very loudly about Xavier Woods getting the, the pinfall over Ivar. And after the bell rang, Ivar attacked Woods in a fit of anger. Ivar fought him off and laid out both Kofi and Xavier Woods with spinning kicks. Ivar also powerbombed Kingston onto Woods. And then he stacks both guys up. He goes up top and he hits a moonsault coming down on both guys as they are stacked on top of each other. The crowd chanted, holy shit, holy shit. Again, Ivar is maximizing his TV time, man. Shout out to Ivar. He's fucking killing it. And next week, we got another match with Kofi Kingston and Ivar. This time, it's Viking Rules. We could be in for another fucking uh, unexpected banger with Ivar and Kofi Kingston. Should be fun, man. Looking forward to that, actually. I'm actually looking forward to that next week. Seth Rollins. Seth Rollins was out there, and you all know what happens with Seth. 
Man, I'm uh, I'm in the boat of wanting Nakamura to take the title off of Rollins on Saturday night, man. I'm telling you right now. I'm telling you right now. Seth Rollins had an interview in the middle of the ring with Michael Cole. Michael Cole. Cole says he's had the pleasure of calling most of the televised matches of Seth Rollins' career. He says he's had the pleasure of coming up with most of his nicknames over the years, including The Architect. And he actually called Rollins more like a puppet now. He called Rollins a puppet. Seth says he's been asking Shinsuke for a rematch for weeks, and he finally gave it to him. Michael Cole asked Seth Rollins if he's serious about calling him a puppet. He asks if he understands what's going to happen on Saturday. Michael Cole's looking at him. Do you realize what's going to happen on Saturday? He said the match is one of the most brutal matches in WWE because you can use any weapon, and the only rule is to beat your opponent down so badly that you can't get up for the 10 count. Cole says his back is so bad he's hanging on by a thread. So I ask you, why the hell are you putting yourself through this? Michael Cole asked Seth Rollins this, and Rollins was kind of speechless. Seth's mood changed, and it was almost as if he hung his head in defeat because he knew Michael Cole was right. Fans sang his song. Whoa! Seth says he's not sure how to put this into words, but he wanted to ask Michael Cole a question. He asked him, how many years have you been at the commentary desk? Michael Cole said 26 years. Fans cheered. Michael Cole's the voice of WWE. Shout out to Michael Cole. Doing the best work of his career in the last couple of years. Excellent stuff. Seth asked how many shows Michael Cole missed. Michael Cole said two. I think the only shows that Michael Cole missed were for his wedding and I think his anniversary. That's it. 26 years and you miss two shows. Two shows. I don't think people realize how fucking incredible that is. Michael Cole got his flowers tonight, man. Good for him. Good for him. Two shows he missed. So Seth says he's addicted to this. And it's a compulsion for Michael Cole. He loves sitting at that commentary table. That's why he doesn't miss any shows. Seth says that's what it's like for him. He says he needs the fans to sing his song. He says, "Uh, no, I'm not going to sing his song again. He says he has responsibility and duty. For me, man, this ring has given me everything. It's put a roof over my head. It puts food on my table. It's how I met my wife. It's the reason I have a beautiful baby girl. He says that responsibility gets amplified when you are the world heavyweight champion. He says he has to be the change. He says if Saturday is his last ride, 
What matters is he left it all in the ring. He says he will have fulfilled his, his responsibility at that point, and he will have been an example for his daughter. He says that's the best he's got. It's not words. It's just a feeling. He says it feels right. Wow, Rollins humanized away from the fucking gimmick of fans singing his song. He actually gave a heartfelt promo that people could connect with. Great. A little bit more of that, please, instead of the fucking wildly ridiculous outfits and the fucking sing-alongs every week. WWE does not know when to stop, man. It's become painfully uncool to a point where I want to see him lose the championship because I can't fucking stand it anymore. It's not really resonating to me as a world championship reign. It's like a comedy show. Nakamura interrupted on the big screen and says he's tired of listening to this nonsense. Nobody believes you anymore, Seth. Did I plan this perfectly or did you? He asked if his back injury is a lie to get sympathy. Meanwhile, he's speaking Japanese and you see nothing but subtitles, which is fucking great. He says he wants the world to feel sorry for him. He says he can thank him when he makes it happen. Nakamura attacks Seth from behind as the big screen was showing Nakamura talking. Nakamura comes out of nowhere, delivered a Kinshasa from behind. Nakamura shredded around the ring. And the recording of Nakamura began counting down or counting up to 10. So Nakamura's on the big screen counting up one, two, three. And it's basically Nakamura counting up to see if Seth beats the 10 count. Meanwhile, he's the one who knocked him out. The visual of him counting and him in the ring, counting Seth in the last man standing rules in this beatdown, I, I, I liked it. I, I thought it was a cool visual. I don't know what you guys thought. I thought this was a, a really, really well-produced segment. And the Nakamura stuff, man, where he's speaking in subtitles, I'm glad that they kept with that because it just enhances his overall heel persona. I think it's great. So he delivered one Kinshasa. Nakamura shredded around. He then took a chair and bashed Seth over and over with the chair. Nakamura went back to counting to 10. Seth got up in an eight. Nakamura kicked him down again. Nakamura then slammed Seth onto the chair and hit another Kinshasa. Then live in the ring, he began counting up to 10, and he did a fast count. And he pretended like he beat Seth Rollins in the ring in a last man standing situation. I thought this was fucking cool. I thought this was really cool. I thought this was the best presentation of Nakamura so far. I thought that was probably the best promo that Rollins has cut in this Nakamura feud so far. And this was the best, I would say, build for anything they've done in this feud so far. They sold me on the last man standing match. Do I think Rollins loses the championship? No, I do not. I've seen some people on social media claiming that they continue to tease something with Rollins mentioning indirectly a CM Punk reference. Now, I've seen some people in the chat mentioning something about that before the stream went live. Can someone fill me in on what Rollins said tonight where people were mentioning CM Punk on Twitter? I don't know why people are mentioning CM Punk. I think Rollins wins, and we stick with the plan. 
Gunther drops the title to Gable. Gunther wins the Royal Rumble. Gunther takes the title from Rollins at WrestleMania, and Rollins goes bye-bye. That's what I do. But if they take the title off of Rollins on Saturday and put it on Nakamura, I would not be opposed to that. I would not. Maybe, maybe it happens, but I'm not really holding my breath for Rollins to lose that championship. Now, Nakamura, if he loses a second time in a row to Rollins, clean, where does he go as a heel? Something's got to happen there where they kind of protect Nakamura because if he loses for a second time in a row to Rollins under this heel persona, his heel persona is dead. Where does he go? He wasted all that time, all that effort, and all those resources to make him look fucking decent. Finally. And then you want to have him lose? I don't know, man. I don't know. It was Cole. What did Michael Cole say? Michael Cole mentioned what? Best in the world? He mentioned what? A pipe bomb? What did he mention? I think Ricochet interferes, and I think Ricochet costs Nakamura the match and helps Rollins retain the title. That's my prediction. I thought this was a great segment, and the best Nakamura has looked so far. Tegan Knox was warming up backstage. Becky showed up with her arm in a sling. She said she figured Tegan would want to face the best version of her, so we're not getting the match tonight. Tegan says, yes, I would prefer that. As Becky walked away, Natalia approached Tegan, says they got off on the wrong foot. She said she's genuinely proud of her. She said when she gets an opportunity against Becky, she'll nail it. Tegan thanked her and smiled. Great, who cares? Did my camera go off again? My camera continues to go off. I don't know why. I don't know why. The Undertaker has taken me away. I am now a part of the House of Black. I don't really understand why my camera went off. My camera continues to go off, man. This is a a, a recurring problem now. My camera just goes off. It's not going to come back on, I see, huh? I don't know, man. Do I got a warranty on this fucking camera? Fucking ridiculous. Tegan Knox and Chelsea Green. Two minutes. Shiniest wizard. This was awful. Nobody cared. Crowd was dead silent. Nobody gives a shit. Two minutes. Tegan wins. Byron Saxton. He interviewed Jay Uso backstage. He asked about Jay Uso's mindset. Jay says when he was in the bloodline, Uso, Cody was the enemy. He says he's good, taking on the judgment day with Cody as his partner. We're good. Full speed ahead, yo. Yeet. Drew McIntyre. He's in the ring and he's getting ready to, uh, I guess, have Ms. TV. Ms. TV. Drew's in the ring and asks the fans, if you don't know where this is headed, he asks the fans in Sacramento, Sacramento, what do you guys want to talk about? So the only people he answers to are his fans. He says they've been with him through the ups and the downs. He says he's going to stop being the savior in fights. He didn't start. He says he's done with it. He said nobody's been stepping up. When he hasn't been saving the day. 
He says that makes those questioning him hypocrites. He said sometimes he feels like he's in the Cody-verse where he does what he wants and says what he wants. He says when it comes to Jay, it's weakness, not strength. A lot of Cody references here by Drew McIntyre, man. You think Cody has a fucking uh, enemy here in Drew McIntyre? I think so. I think so. Miz came out. He marched out and says he doesn't forgive Drew for what he did to him last week on Miz TV or canceling this week's edition of Miz TV. Miz says he was looking out for him. Drew told him to shut up. Miz says he had 10,000 people chanting, shut up, Miz, last week. He said that. Sacramento tonight was chanting, shut up, Miz. Miz told Drew to embrace who he really is. Drew says they want him to be the bad guy and attack Seth backstage and beat him down and drag him to the ring and maybe screw Uso over a fast lane. Is that what you want? No, that's not how I operate. He says he goes to the ring and racks up the wins to earn title shots. Well, we got Drew McIntyre speaking way too logical here, man. Too much common sense coming from Drew McIntyre, man. You mean to tell me that we got somebody in this company, on this show, on this roster, who wants to win matches and then earn title shots? I don't know, man. What are we living in, bizarro world? Yes, that's the way it should be. Drew challenged Miz to a fight. Unless those balls are still tiny. I don't know what uh, size the Miz's balls are, nor do I care, but Manscaped.com, code script 20. Take care of those tiny balls, Miz. Fans chanted, tiny balls, tiny balls. Miz asks the fans if they really want that. Miz says, well, I'm not dressed for a match. I'm in a fucking suit. And Drew is in a skirt, a kilt. He said Drew is self-absorbed. And he's good. But if someone is getting beaten down, then he'll be bad, Drew. He says he's two-faced and plays both sides, whichever benefits Drew. Drew was really angry at this point and, and really suggested the Miz shut his fucking mouth. Miz yelled that he doesn't shut up. He grows up. And when he looks at him, he throws up. And, and yes, he did that. He did that. Drew says he's got a... Bloody idiot standing in front of him. He called the Miz a bloody idiot. Miz says he's not worth his time. Drew threw the mic down and got ready to fight. Miz says his mom always taught him a bigger man will walk away from a fight, so he'll be the hero and walk away. So Miz backed away. He dropped to the floor on the outside. Drew McIntyre turned his back, and Miz charged into the ring, trying to sneak attack Drew in the ring. Drew obviously slammed Miz around. Two referees pulled Drew off of Miz, and Miz bailed out. So this is what we're doing with Drew McIntyre. Feuding him with The Miz. And then you want to know why he hasn't agreed to a new WWE deal. I can't wait for Drew McIntyre to show up in AEW as Drew Galloway. And then he gets blasted with traitor and sellout and turncoat. I'm sorry. Have you seen what they've done with him over the last year and a half? Could you blame him? Miz wrestled in a suit. I don't know why we send these guys out there wrestling in fucking three-piece suits, man. It looks fucking stupid. It looks stupid. McIntyre wins in four minutes. Miz began to remove a turnbuckle, 
Ref caught him. Drew delivered a Glasgow kiss and then called for Claymore. He paused. He grabbed his sword. The referee took it away from him. Drew yanked it off the turnbuckle and Miz, or yanked off the turnbuckle, and Miz, uh, you know, was there. He had loosened it already. He ran Miz into it, delivered a future shock DDT, and that was it. That was it. Drew McIntyre beats the Miz. Drew McIntyre says he's feeling different than he was 30 seconds ago. He says he's sorry for his actions, and now he's sorry, and he's automatically forgiven. Michael Cole said, what the fuck was that about? Barrett said, Drew said earlier that forgiveness is weakness, and there's nothing weak about this version of Drew. Good. This version of Drew is one of the more interesting aspects of Monday Night Raw. Jackie Redmond. She interviewed Trick Williams. Shoot that trick. She congratulated him on his win on Saturday over Dominic and winning the NXT North American title. He'll be defending that title tomorrow night against Dom in a rematch. Trick introduced himself to Dom and the rest of the world. He says he's six foot four, 250 pounds of muscle. He's got gold around his neck, gold on his wrist, and now gold around his waist. He was interrupted by Dominic, J.D. McDonough, and Rhea Ripley. I guess J.D. McDonough's in the judgment day. If Rhea Ripley didn't want him there, Rhea Ripley would not have him there. Again, attention to detail. J.D. McDonough is now officially in Judgment Day because Rhea Ripley said so. Ripley told Trick that Dom won't be coming to NXT alone and he's leaving with his title. Dominic then said, keep it clean for me, Trick. Sure. Jackie Redmond interviewed Cody Rhodes in the aisle way. Whoa! We needed Cody for a second time tonight. She asked him about teaming with Jay against Priest and Balor for the tag team titles. Cody said he never anticipated he'd be teaming with Jay, but it's the Judgment Day who have backed themselves into this fight. He says he's heard their plan is to be at SmackDown this Friday. He says he will be there too, and he won't be there alone because Jay will be there as well. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, Cody. How do we how do we make that happen? How do we make that happen, Cody? You're a raw superstar, and so is Jay Uso. Are we going to explain how Cody and Jay Uso make it over to SmackDown while they're raw superstars? Did they get a get out of jail free card? Did they get a hall pass from the fucking uh, CEO? What happens here? You're gonna show up on SmackDown. How are you gonna do that? Or maybe they'll just show up on Friday night with visitor passes like Paul Heyman used to do. Gable and Otis. They were backstage with Maxine. Gable told Otis that Maxine hasn't, he hasn't peaked yet. Otis hasn't peaked yet. Unlike Gunther. And everyone will know when he has. He said all the idiots are going to pay for what they've done Savages and idiots. We're not done, man. Gable continues to mention Gunther. He wants another match. And we got another match. The main event. Gunther versus Tommaso Ciampa. I say Ciampa, you say Ciampa. Ciampa. Intercontinental Championship. Main event of Monday Night Raw. This went 23 minutes. 
excellent match. Excellent match. One of the best main events of Monday Night Raw all year. You got slim pickings there because, I mean, t- take your pick. I mean, it's been Judgment Day versus a uh, ring around the rosy of fucking Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn and Jey Uso and Cody Rhodes and Seth Rollins. Don't really have a lot of competition in that department. They got plenty of time. Plenty of time. Which I don't know why the ending felt rushed. They went off the air with just fucking no time left. Plenty of time they got here. Love to see it. Gunther's the best thing about WWE television. And Champa. I'm so happy that Champa finally got an opportunity to show everybody, the casual audience, what he is capable of on the, on the microphone, in the ring. Breakout performance here. Like he needs it. He's shown it. He's done it before. But a breakout performance for Tommaso Ciampa, which ultimately and hopefully will land him a little bit more TV time consistently. Ciampa took the fight to Gunther early on, applied the Sicilian stretch less than two minutes into the match. Gunther got to the ropes and broke the hole. Right to a commercial break. The reason why I also did not want this match on TV, whether it was this week or next week, and wanted it at the pay-per-views because commercials. I got to sit through two very long commercial breaks in the middle of a Champa and Gunther match? Come on, man. Come on. So Gunther, after the commercial break, was in control. How? I don't know. Champa fought out of a sleeper hold. He went for another Sicilian stretch. Gunther escaped. Gunther chopped Champa, slammed him on the ring apron. We go to a second break. Now you know why I wanted the match on pay-per-view. We get back from the second break. They exchanged chops. Gunther placed Champa on the top rope, chopped him, and booted him to the floor. Champa avoided a chop outside the ring, and Gunther chopped the announce desk. He, I think, cracked the top portion of the announce desk. That was the story in the later portion of this match. Sold his hand, sold his arm. Because the chop is one of his most devastating assets. Champa dropped him with a flying knee off the apron, attacked the arm. Gunther used his other arm to hit chops, but Champa caught him with a draping DDT for a two. Champa kicked out or kicked at Gunther's arm, the hurt arm, and stomped his head. Champa went for a running knee, but Gunther hit a drop kick for two. Gunther couldn't hit a power bomb because of the injured arm, so Champa hit a reverse DDT and a running knee strike for a very close near fall. Champa went for fairy tale ending. Gunther blocked it before chopping Champa and dropping him on his head with a back suplex. Champa went for the Sicilian stretch again. Gunther in trouble. He eventually gets to the ropes to break the hold. Champa comes back. They're both up chopping Gunther. Gunther chopped him back even harder in response. Champa blocked the chop. Gunther caught him with two consecutive power bombs. The second one was a muscle up power bomb, lifted him up, slammed him down, rolls through, applies the sleeper. Crowd was really into it. They did not want Champa to tap. He didn't really tap. He passed out. Champa passed out, and the referee called it. Champa is done, and Gunther retains. Excellent match. Excellent, excellent, excellent match. Vinci and Kaiser put the boots to Champa after the match. Gunther walked away. They did what they needed to do because they are the henchmen. And then Johnny Gargano ran out. 
He made the save. He speared Kaiser, super kicked both men. Champa was laying in the corner. He smiled up at Johnny Gargano. They were about to do meet them in the middle. Their finishing move on Vinci. And the show goes off the air. Don't know why we were that uh, stretched for time there. But the show went off the air with them about to execute their finishing move. And uh, Monday Night Raw came to a close. Now, I love Johnny Gargano being back. It makes me wonder why they chose tonight, of all nights, this moment, of all moments, to bring Johnny Gargano back to TV and pair him with Tommaso Ciampa. You had opportunity after opportunity after opportunity to do it, and they didn't do it. I wonder. It makes me wonder if there is a political reason behind all of this for Johnny Gargano being back now. And again, I don't want to make it a Vince versus Triple H thing or a Vince thing against Triple H or whatever. But it certainly feels like Triple H is definitely more in charge of Monday and Vince is in charge of Friday. It certainly feels that way, man. I, I, I don't know for sure, but I've kind of been spot on about this all year. Triple H, the entire show just feels like a Triple H show. You know, Vince has his say. I mean, you, know, you could see what Vince does. I don't want to make this a fucking, uh, you know, narrative again all over again. But you, the two-minute women's matches, that's a Vince thing. Triple H would not put Tegan Knox, who he adores, in, in a two-minute match. He wouldn't. You, you see where, where Triple H's influence is, and you see where Vince McMahon's influence is. But Monday Night Raw definitely feels more like a Triple H blueprint. Johnny Gargano would not be back if that wasn't the case. Well, SmackDown, SmackDown feels lifeless. SmackDown feels all over the place. SmackDown feels kind of directionless. There's not really much going on on SmackDown. More people are enjoying Raw than SmackDown. So I do feel that Triple H is running uh, running Raw and Vince McMahon is running SmackDown. It definitely feels that way. I thought tonight was a good show. It wasn't great. I felt like the the previous Raws were a lot better. Uh, This was the Fastlane go-home show for this Saturday. And uh, we got a great main event. Probably one of the best main events that WWE's put on uh, this year for Monday Night Raw. Champa and Gunther. I, I don't know how you can complain about that. I don't. Thank you guys very much for all of your support, man. I really appreciate you hanging out with me tonight. We are going to get into the Super Chats in just a second. But I want you guys to follow me on social media, man. At JD from NY206. Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, and Cameo. Hit that subscribe button down below. Turn on the bell for all notifications. Make sure you guys hit that thumbs up, man. I see 700 likes. The goal on Monday is 1,000. That's one with three zeros. And my camera just went off again. My camera just went off again, man. It's got to be overheating. There's something about this. This is the Sony ZV-E1. I got a a, a backup battery in it, man. I got a, a dummy battery in it that's plugged in all the time. I don't know why it's uh, going out. I, I don't know. This is the first time that it's done it. I got to look into it. Hit that thumbs up, guys. Hit that subscribe button down below. Turn on the bell for notifications. Make sure you guys also go check out all the other content on the channel. There is plenty of it for you to catch up on. My guy Andrew Bedala and myself will be live tomorrow with TNT Tuesday Night Titans episode 16. 
We will talk everything Adam Copeland tomorrow, man. Should be a good one. Tonight's show is sponsored by Blue Chew. BlueChew.com. Code JD at checkout. Make sure you guys go get your free sample. Don't be like The Miz, man. I don't want you guys taking tiny balls into the fucking bedroom. I don't. Seriously. That's where Blue Chew's going to come into play, man. You want some fucking confidence? Blue Chew's going to give you that confidence, man. Who you want to be? Drew McIntyre or The Miz? You want to be Big D or you want to be Tiny Balls? Which one do you want to be? Blue Chew is a unique online service that provides the same active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, but in chewable tablets and at a fraction of the cost. You can take them anytime, day or night. Plan ahead. Be ready when the opportunity arises. You're going to sign up at BlueChew.com. Consult with one of their licensed online medical providers, and once you are approved, you're going to receive your prescription within days. The best part is it's all done online. No visits to the doctor's office, no awkward conversations, and no waiting in line at the pharmacy. And Blue Chew's tablets are made in the USA. They are prepared and shipped directly to you in a very discreet package. So if you guys want that extra confidence, man, Blue Chew is going to give it to you. BlueChew.com. Code JD at checkout. All you need to do is pay the $5 shipping and handling. BlueChew.com. I want to thank them, as always, for sponsoring the show right here on OTS. Michelle with a $5 super chat. Cody. Jay versus Balor. Priest at the pay-per-view. I see Judgment Day losing the belts. More tension in Judgment Day. Cody and Jay go to SmackDown and plant the seeds for their WrestleMania matches. You may be right. It's the first thing I discussed when I opened the show. It's the only logical conclusion I could come up with. Ali with 14 months. Being an OTS family member for 14 months is truly an honor. And you, JD, are the true GOAT of the IWC. And I do mean that 100%. Keep up the amazing rule. Thank you, Ali. I appreciate you, man. Billy Sizane with a $10 super chat. Hey, JD, Gargano was back, but to no crowd reaction. Very mid. Do you think because Edge is in AEW, WWE had to bring Gargano back tonight? You the man. Uh, I don't think this has anything to do with uh, Edge. James Network Entz. JD, I started listening to Alter Bridge. Addicted to Pain is a great song. Not a bad song, brother probably one of their weakest singles it's one of their singles meaning radio friendly uh you need some recommendations i would recommend all of fortress and blackbird and then you can uh go listen to everything else that you need pawns and kings their latest is a very good album as well tony brown with 16 months The only truth that matters, my young friend, J.D. Thank you, Tony Brown. That means a lot, brother. Vincent Tarantini with a 16 months. Raw was good. The cut at the end sucked. Johnny Gargano needs his old theme. Absolutely. The Champa got his old theme. I don't know why we can't get Johnny Gargano's old theme back. Who takes the title from Gunther? Gable. Again, my camera went out. I'm going to leave it like this. I want to see if it comes back. 
You rock, JD. Keep doing your thing, bro. Thank you, Vincent. Dominic Carter with a 499. Tegan getting some crowd support after tonight. Probably not. I didn't hear any crowd reaction. Who cares that Natalia is trying to be her friend? How will Becky get her over? Who is Tegan Knox? I have no idea. I have no idea. My camera's really starting to fucking piss me off. My camera's really starting to piss me off. I don't know what the fuck's going on. Uh, Vincent Tarantini, thank you, brother. Uh, Dominic, thank you, man. Beyond the Script, 499. Thanks, JD. I got OBS figured out. Glad I have you... Getting a laugh with my choice of music. Love you. Thank you, brother. Yeah, that that uh, that version of uh, Last Resort was fucking absolutely terrible, bro. I, just get rid of it. Get rid of all the music. NC. 07. 11 months. Almost a year. Let's go. Hashtag Goon Squad. Thank you, brother. What's my favorite Stone Cold Steve Austin match? Bret Hart. WrestleMania 13. Jeremy, 2006, 24 months. Now that we found Johnny, will DIY have a run with the tag belts? OTS for life. Keep up the great work. Love you, bro. I hope so. AJ with 499. What's going on, JD? Raw was decent tonight. Guther is a beast. Definitely the next world champion. And yes, DIY is finally back. Thank you, Triple H. Have I tried resetting it? How the fuck do I do that, Sinister? I got to look at it. Dominic Carter with a 499. Champion Gargano have been on the main roster for a while now with no story that matters. DIY means nothing if you don't watch their NXT story. One of the best stories that WWE's ever told. Jason, thank you again for the $100 super chat, man. Fuck the haters online. We do our thing here. What we do is special, and nobody really understands that, man. Fuck them. Mike NY with 17 months. He says, let's go. Let's go, Mike. Matt Eagle with 499. Seriously, what was that beaver thinking? Cutting the feed just before DIY hit. Meet them in the middle. We've been waiting years for that move's return. He don't give a fuck. Reggie Smith with 24 months. What a journey, JD. Monday Night Raw was not bad tonight. Also, Cody Rhodes and Jay Uso for the tag team titles. That seems very random to me. It does seem random. It is random. Sinister Classic with a $5 super chat. Who leaves commentary to return to the ring first? Wade Barrett or Nigel McGuinness? Appreciate you keeping it real every fucking night. OTS for life. Nigel McGuinness. I think Nigel McGuinness will wrestle at final battle. He may actually wrestle Brian Danielson in a final battle. Tyler with a 199. There was a CM Punk hint during Seth's promo. What was it? What was it? Nobody told me. Beyond the script with the 199, I had a guy say they traded Edge for Jade. He needs to trade his mother's basement for fucking sunlight. Butterscotch with the new membership. Thank you, Butterscotch. I love Butterscotch. Legitimately. 
a Werther's original men. Will Chisholm with a $2 super chat. I love NXT black and gold main event on Raw. Absolutely. It was about the puppet. JD, CM Punk reference. What does that have to do with CM Punk? A puppet, a manipulator. These words are what CM Punk said during his first pipe bomb back in Ring of Honor. Oh. You think WWE is really going that far down the rabbit hole for CM Punk already on TV? Come on, man. Are they that smart? I don't think so. Infidelos with a five. Main event was fire. But my pulls from Pokemon 151 were the opposite. I've been having shit luck lately in life too. LOL. But at least Gargano is back. Man, my pulls in 151 have been kind of kind of beast, honestly. Still looking for the Charizard. Full uh full art rare. But uh I'm having a blast, man. I got some. Uh, I got some more product coming. We're gonna be re- recording some video. I got six booster boxes coming. I got uh, ultimate premium collection coming. I got an Alakazam collection coming. So uh, hopefully we'll finish the set off. Dominic Carter with a one ninety nine. Jade Cargill versus Rhea Ripley right away. Nia is no threat, dude. Rhea, Rhea is not wrestling Jade Cargill right away. Jade Cargill is not ready for any part of WWE TV at all. Sean Ray J with 14 months. Another month in the fame. DIY chance broke out after the show. Also, did you know Chelsea has held the tag team title 70 plus days and hasn't defended them once? Because the titles are fucking worthless, Sean Ray J. Nobody gives a fuck. They should burn them. Armando Garcia with a 499. LOL. WWE messing with the camera when he said Gable is new champion. I must have missed that. When did they say that? Gable's the new champion? Ricardo Linnell with 38 months. Thank you for the great music that fuels my workouts. Hashtag OTS for life. Ricardo. Thank you for being here, brother. 38 months. That's a long fucking time, man. You're about 10 months away from becoming a superior, ultimate VIP for life here, man. I think the only other two, I think we got Tan May and Stu Sexton. And then Rage is on her way up, too. You guys are uh, all kind of in the same boat. Awesome. Listen, man, I appreciate you guys very much. Uh, There's a ton of content on the channel. Go check it out. I got some uh, more content going up on the second channel this week as well. I got a couple of videos to edit. So make sure you guys go check that out if you're into the Pokemon stuff. I'm having a blast doing that stuff, man. It's just different, you know? It makes you feel good. So go check that stuff out. Follow me on social media. JD from NY206. Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, Cameo. Best place to find me is on Twitter. C with a 499. Boozer was the one that reported that. 
the Punk mentioned on Seth's segment on Twitter before it aired, and it happened. Where are we getting these uh, these uh, insider geeks coming from, man? I don't really understand. Anyway, Jesse, listen, uh, uh, I need you to clean up the venue, man. We had a, a long night last night. I walked in, it was all fucking dirty, bro. I'm stepping out. I'm gonna rev the Mustang up, man. I'm gonna be. Uh, I'm gonna be hitting the road, okay? Don't let me walk in here tomorrow, and nothing's been done. Fucking geek. Ridiculous. Anyway, guys, I'm about to get out of here. I really appreciate you hanging out with me tonight. Hit that thumbs up. Let's try for a thousand likes on the OTS Raw post show. Make sure you guys hit that subscribe button as well. Turn on the bell for notifications. Next time you see me will be tomorrow night. Andrew Baydala and myself, TNT, episode number 16. Until then, guys, have a great night. It's going to be a great live stream tomorrow. You're going to want to tune in. Until then, guys, take care. Hit that thumbs up. Hit that subscribe. And I will see you back here live tomorrow night with TNT with Andrew Baydala on Tuesday Night Titans.